This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. I got to start this off. I owe you guys an apology. Um, I listened back to the first revamped episode where I wasn't using this mic. I was using a lapel. It was horrible. I sounded like a mixture of AM radio and Darth Vader. Like, I'm seriously sorry. I honestly don't know what was worse, uh, listening to that or the presidential debate last week. By the way, did you guys tune in at all? Recent research has shown that empirical evidence for globalization of corporate innovation is very limited. And as a corollary, the market for technologies is shrinking. As a world leader, it's important for America to provide systematic research grants for our scientists. I believe strongly there will always be a need for us to have a well-articulated innovation policy with emphasis on human resource development. Thank you. Oh, wait, that, that's the, that was the wrong debate. Sorry, sorry. No, this is how it really went. The Radical left. Would you shut up, man? Listen. All right, let's cut this shit. We're not here to talk politics. We're here to talk business. Let's go. then on today's episode i interview luke tulloch luke's a, a really good friend of mine um someone that i've lucky enough to be a colleague of uh within the industry and we've done uh, some seminars together but he's someone who i highly respect um it's quite funny you know i've i've known lukey and kind of been working with lukey since he had 2000 followers on instagram and now he's up at 25 He's making waves in the industry and he's, he's very quickly being, you know, known as one of the industry leaders when it comes to education uh, within the fitness space. Uh, he's also a, an online coach. Uh, he has many online courses that he provides, but all in all, Luke is a great business and coaching mind. I think that's the thing when you have such a high level of knowledge um, across many different realms, you really do position yourself to become uh, an expert in the industry. So we take a deep dive and and what we actually talk about today is the changing landscape that is coaching what does luke see that you know that's going to change when it comes to the skill of coaching the delivery of coaching and just the overall landscape and he's going to dive into that and give you guys some insight uh, that you can draw upon to uh, obviously become better coaches but make sure that you're keeping up uh, and preparing for what the future holds as a coach All right, Industry Insights, coming up next. What we're seeing, right, and I want to kind of continue on a a topic that I covered last week where I talked about technology accelerating uh, because there's a new set of problems that need to be solved in the world. Uh, and we kind of talked about how, you know, I don't think that online is the way to go. I don't think that, you know, the, you have to go online. I don't think that's what the, the message and the, the insight is here. I think the insight is, is that technology is accelerating and you have to keep up to date and use the most recent technology to deliver your service. Uh, and the reason is because you want to be seen as a premium brand. If we go through an economic downturn, which we already are at the moment, but if it gets any worse and it, and it stems out over the course of two years, you know, you're going to see the spend go down you're going to see luxury services go down which means that they're only going to spend money with premium brands and brands that they trust and talking about brands that they trust apple just released their fitness app uh, which you know sees them offering a heap of different workouts across a, a you know a lot of different uh, niches and 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 i guess different uh, parts of the fitness industry such as boxing running hit strength Basically, what it means is you can take a lot of these classes within their app and they're only going to charge you $80 for the year, which pretty much is the cost of one PT session, which is quite crazy to think about um, in the grand scheme of things. So this is really showing us the acceleration of technology and I think we're really entering the boom of software as a service. I just think that, you know, this is where the industry is going. You know, we're seeing things like Strava. Strava, I did some research into this and Strava from having 1 billion people posting their workouts uh, in the app uh, in 2019 are up to 3 billion people uh, for 2020 already, which is absolutely wild. Uh, You're seeing... (laughs) 
this this kills me inside to but you're seeing uh influencers right like youtubers and people that have probably you know got no absolutely no experience when it comes to fitness got no idea about the science behind it they're coming out and pretty much going well i've got a bit massive following you know i, I lost 10 kilos over the last six months like i mean i guess i'm qualified right um but we're seeing you know we're seeing people come into the industry with absolutely no experience uh creating fitness apps and literally because they've got a they've got a, a a massive following like it's going to work like look it fucking kills me inside to say this i hate it but at the end of the day it's it's smart like they're just doing what you know they're, they're monetizing their following now it's not it's not how i choose to do it it's not what i would do right but we're seeing that you know we're, as i said we're seeing this such an experience coming in and creating apps and then just monetizing that for low costs now what we're the, the big thing that i want to focus on here is the fact that this is going to change the way we experience fitness fitness apps it's like they're because and and it, it, it is just going to amplify right the fact or, or the the human instinct of wanting more for less you have to think about this right it's like the fact that people are and and just people with absolutely no experience can come into the industry literally just create an exercise library put some workouts together that have absolutely no structure, no framework um, based on science and then monetize that because the world doesn't know any better. Um, that just, and, and you got, then you've got things, as I said, like Apple fitness coming into the industry, right? Where they're just giving absolutely maximum amount of value for such a little cost. What you're seeing is that that's going to change the perception of the consumer. Okay. Well, if Apple's going to give me this, why would I sign up with you? Why should I pay you you know 15 times the amount and they're serving me up you know hd quality video they're giving me so much more value for such a little uh, amount of money and whether we like it or not that changes the perception that goes okay well you know no longer can you probably get away with having a video library that looks like it's shot on a nokia fucking 6210 or whatever they were like and and you know the, if they if they can't hear you by simply just pulling out their phone if they have to use headphones because the sound isn't clear all of a sudden you're not a premium brand like they're not going to trust you going into an economic downturn that's not what you want you know if you're not seen as a premium brand if there's no trust for you you're just going to struggle the gap between the cream and the dirt i said it last week it's only going to get bigger okay so what you need to do is you need to create the perception that you're giving a lot of value for less, right? And that's going to be done through technology. That's going to be done through over-investing in production, right? The advertisers and the marketers out there aren't going to like me like me saying this, but take money out of advertising and start to put it into post-production. What worked over the last 10 years, which is the boom of charlatan marketers teaching you how to run a Facebook ad, um, that's out the window. Facebook's costing you more um, than it ever has advertising cost is costing you more than it ever has take that money put it into post-production start to build brand start to build trust and that's going to set you up you know especially with these art and keep up to date with the technology you combine those these things together it's going to set you up for long-term sustainable success okay so over invest into post-production now the one thing i want to say is don't be the person who sits there and goes oh apple you know like i'm not apple we're not apple like i hear that this is something that like as a personal trainer you can fall into you're like oh but you know i'm not apple like you know just teach me the basics teach me this teach me that and the reality is whether you are Apple or not, whether you believe it's going this way or not, there's one thing that stands up for the testament of time. Let me fucking guarantee you on this. Apple do not predict markets. Apple dictate markets, just like they have in every other industry. Peloton was the first software as a service, was the first kind of company to really put something in your home, change the way we view fitness. Instead of riding your bike on the road, you can now have it in your home. You can now race other people. You can now be part of a community from your home. That is what they did. Apple goes, mm, not a bad idea. I'm going to come in and I'm going to go in and we're going to we're going to try to take over this. We're going to go we're going to start going up against Peloton. We're going to come in and we're going to we're going to we're going to take over this market and we're going to dictate that this is where the market's going to go because that's what we do we have the power to how many people within on the world own an iphone how easy is it to just go into your apple store they're probably going to make this a part of your phone a part of the next um up uh, the next uh, upgrade or whatever they're called 
um, and they're going to they're going to dictate that this is where it's going. So, as I said, this isn't necessarily the fact that they're investing money in this. The fact that they're really delivering and and going hard on this means that you need to go hard on this as well. You need to add this to your service. You need to keep up to date with the technology, and it's an absolute necessity now some of you will probably thinking okay well how like what does this mean for me as the as the coach as the business owner as the gym owner as all of this you know uh, uh, we're the small guy how are we meant to compete with this well you know I, I really think that the best possible way you can compete with this is laddering against it laddering is a concept that scott galloway brought to my attention and basically what he talks about is it's about creating a position against your opposition just imagine this right we, we, we come out with an advertise. I own a gym. We come out with an advertising campaign next week. Apple Fitness, another way to monetize your addiction and and steal your and steal your ability uh, to connect with humans. That's what Apple do. Like you know, there's a really cool documentary called The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Go watch it. All of these big companies, what they do is they try to monetize your addictions. That's what social media is. Just think about this, guys. Think about this. Okay, if they're trying to monetize your addiction, we can ladder against that. We can go, okay, well, you know, that's what this is what they're trying to do. Put them in a bad position. Put this concept into the minds of your audience and then start to offer them and take position on the other side and offer the exact opposite. That's what I would do. You know, that's what I think the OG movie is right now when it comes to this, um, the, the technology and software as a service, uh, absolute buzz. Um, and the next industry boom is software as a service. You can still offer a software, but you don't have to make it algorithmic and you can position, um, you know, even using antitrust as a way to position against this. And, and that's what I think you can do as the small guy. All right, guys. We are chatting with Luke Tullick next. Stay tuned. I'm sitting here with Luke Tullick, good old friend, Lukey. Uh, we've been, it's, I think it's your third time back on the podcast. On the, we've got a bit of a revamp show now, um, but we're your, yeah, I think it's your third time back on the podcast, so you're a seasoned veteran. Yeah, that's it, mate. Been uh, one of the ones from way back. Yeah, I think I can remember <laughs> we shot that episode in Sydney in that uh, when, we're, when I was up in Sydney and we, uh, we shot that episode, it was at like some little cafe in that, that little room. Oh, in Redfern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like this community like workspace or something. <laughs> they were doing how like times, renovations. How time flies sure. and how times change. <laughs> yeah, mate. Far out. Different world. Uh, so where does this podcast find you for, for, the, uh, for everyone listening? Uh, I'm in the Netherlands at the moment. So I'm in The Hague. Um, yeah was basically traveling and doing some seminars and stuff. And I was in Sweden when borders started closing. So thankfully my wife's Swedish and we hung out with, uh, with the in-laws for a bit in Sweden and then ended up just moving to the Netherlands for now. So just chilling here right now and seeing what happens. Yeah, cool. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, I don't know what the dynamic is over there, but I'm sure it's a lot better than where I am at the moment. Mm, <laughs> we're, it's pretty uh, relaxed. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've been in lockdown for quite a while now. So <laughs> I'm hoping we get out soon because I tell you what, I'm looking forward to getting back into the gym. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty. We just had a, a surge in cases, and they had this like press conference, and the prime minister comes up, and it's like, oh shit, what are the what are the restrictions going to be? Are we going to be locked down again and stuff? And he's just like, everyone, you need to take more responsibility. All right, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I think like I mean I don't know too much about it, right? Like in terms of the the science behind, it, I haven't really looked into into it. But I think you know, just uh, managing it, I guess, um, and and how you manage it, and I guess some common sense and putting you know just those little things would probably make a difference. Once your cases are low, you know, if your cases are, are kind of getting out of control, then you probably gonna have to take some extreme measures. But I think. I'm hoping because because you know we we're, mm. we're our cases are starting to get a little bit lower, so I'm hoping we get out of this and it's just a, a common sense thing. But um, yeah, man, just crazy times at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw the same thing in Sweden when we were there. Like, obviously, the approach was more relaxed. 
uh, and more on personal responsibility. So I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it seemed to work out quite well from a mental health standpoint, at least, especially if it's going to be stretching on. But I guess every country is a little bit different with their cases and culture and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I also get the feeling we're not going to know what the right move was until, you know, no, yeah, three, exactly. four, five years time, you know, like we're just That's not going to know. We can try to predict, we can try to say this is, you know, but the weight of what's more important, we're not going to know until, you know, a couple of years time. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to dive into it. I want to, um, I want to get your opinion and, and unpack how you think that coaching landscape is going to change. So obviously there's going to be a lot of coaches that listen to this and obviously we're going through, a crazy time at the moment, which, you know, in my opinion, is probably just going to accelerate technology. It's going to accelerate a lot of what was already going to happen. You know, there's a new set of problems that uh, are arising for the for society in general. But more for coaches, what do you think is going to change you know, uh, based on the, the experience that uh, the world is going through right now? Mate, I think there's quite a lot of things, to be honest. Um, I mean, obviously, the online uh, space is going to, just continue to grow. You know, I think a lot of, you see it uh, in Europe here and in the US, so Northern Hemisphere, we're going into winter now. And so a lot of people have been training people outside and been doing what they can when their gyms are closed or have reduced capacity. Mm. And I just think that like, dude, if you're trying to train people outside in the middle of winter in Europe or the US, that's going to be another hit to people's businesses. You know what I mean? Mm. It's fine during summer, but I just think that that's going to push people online again. You know, they've already been, there's already been a big push online. So, I mean, that's the first thing is just the, the accelerating shift to online coaching, which was already happening for a lot of us. Um, but that's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger, uh, you know, and then I think just the way that people actually train might change as well. I've certainly had a lot of clients just go to a home gym or go to a, mm. a smaller gym. They don't want to be in a big commercial gym. Um, and so the actual nuts and bolts of like, how can we even program for people? How can we get them motivated? Because obviously it's a different environment when you're trying to train from home versus like, well, I have a physical space that I go to train. That's the only thing I do there. So I think there's quite a lot of aspects to actually think about. I think it's just, uh, I don't know. I think that was coming as well though, but I do think that COVID's accelerated that a lot. Yeah. I kind of have this, I mean, look, online training, I think, I don't think it's a necessity to go online, right? I think like eventually um, things will open back up. People will still go to gyms. But I think for me, I've kind of been pretty bullish on this as well. I think what we're going to see is the acceleration of technology rather than, and that's just going to be like, and, and that's when we say acceleration of technology, I think that's going to probably for me be the, the thing that is a necessity where it's like, you know, previously you could get away with um, maybe not, putting too much into the technology side, but you know, you're seeing a shift now where you don't necessarily need to go online, but you need to have that online aspect, you know, especially, in, and you need to make the most of the technology that's coming. And that technology is just going to be accelerated, especially because of this new subset of problems that people are facing. Like, you know, Apple fitness just brought out, uh, that's a big talking point for us in our group, but I've also mentioned it in another segment on the podcast is Apple fitness has come out and, and brought out their, their app, you know, it's $80 a year. It's very high production. So, you know, like literally they've got their own personal trainers in there. It's shot with like a 4K camera um, and you can literally, pro- you can do like a boxing class, a running class, a hit class, a, a strength class, like or a workout and it's taught by a PT, you know, all on your phone, integrates with your Apple Watch. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, that's, that's the start, you know, what's it going to look like in a year's time after we've gone through this. And there's probably people working on things right now that when we don't even know about. And I think that when we say online, I think, yeah, like you don't necessarily need to be like online, never going to a gym, never seeing clients at a gym, but I think you're going to need to bring that technological uh, service to, to what you do purely because of that. Cause I look at Apple and I go, I go, whether it actually takes direct clients from personal trainers or coaches, um, you know, directly, I think it's going to change the way we perceive value, you know, like they're going to look at that app and then they're going to turn around and go, okay, they're giving me this for $80 a year. That's $80 is maybe sometimes what you would pay for a PT session, you know, like it's around, you know, ballpark figure, maybe up or down a little bit. 
for different trainers, but it's like you're paying that for it for an hour versus what I'm getting for a thing. And it's like, whether they actually merge towards this, I don't know, but what I think it's going to do is going to turn around and say, okay, well, you know, where's your 4k videos, you know, their perception of what value is, is, is directly going to change or objectively going to change. And I think it's a really interesting conversation because the online space, right. It's, it's, it's more about having both sides of that, that, uh, that, that, um, that scenario where you've got the, the uh, high level uh, and premium service. Uh, and then obviously if you're still doing face to face then you, you know, you're obviously delivering the service face to face, but yeah, it's such an interesting conversation. The online uh, it's definitely, obviously it was the boom of the last five years. And I think it will continue um, to go probably more now, but I, I definitely think the technology thing is something that's really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up value and it's, it's one of those things where for a lot of people, they're having to reevaluate what's important to them in their lives, obviously because of what's going on, but also because of their finances and that sort of thing. And so as a coach, you do want to be the one who's providing them basically a service that they want to go, Hey, there's no way I need, I can get rid of this. Like it has to be in my life. Um, and I also think that, like you said, there's a lot of providers out there, like, you know, the, the standard apps that have been around for a while that have started to try and provide more from their apps. So there's a lot of stuff where like, as a coach, you can have a self-branded app now and you don't have mm-hmm. to build it yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are opportunities out there to, whether you're doing in-person coaching or not, to have this sort of hybrid approach. Uh, or to be completely online with a set of tools that can enable you to provide a bit more value. Mm. Um, I think the tough thing is often just how you're going to structure that as a coach, because like to give an example, there are coaches out there now who are doing live sessions over zoom and stuff. And for me, uh, that's not something I would ever consider doing personally. It's just not on my radar as something I would want to do for work. Like if I'm going to train people in person, I'm training them in person. And if it's remote, like, forget it, dude. I'm not sitting on the other end of a computer and doing it. Now, that's just me. Like, there's, there's coaches out there who are doing that and doing it reasonably successfully. But, you know, I just think there's, there's opportunities with the apps and that sort of stuff where you can, you can coach people remotely and get a really good result out of it. So, yeah, the tech's a really interesting one. Um, you know, I think the one thing is, though, that it, obviously with an Apple Watch or a workout or whatever like that, some people are going to get a lot of benefit out of that and other people are going to understand that you can't replace a good coach with technology. The technology facilitates good coaching. So you still need to be the person out there, the coach out there who is basically a good coach who can help make good decisions, who can be empathetic to a person. And so, you know, we we're talking about how coaching might be changed by this whole situation in the world at the moment. You know, I think that coaching in general is or should be moving towards a more client-centered approach where it's less, hey, I'm the boss and this is what you do. And as a coach, you're more the one who helps facilitate what does the client need and want? How can I help them understand what they need and want? And how can we sort of communicate with each other to facilitate that? You know, rather than, oh yeah, you want to lose weight. Here's a 30% deficit. Here are your macros. It's kind of like, well, what exactly do you want to do? And maybe as a coach, I can help you arrive at the decisions to exactly how you want to do things and provide the knowledge and the experience to facilitate that. Yeah. There's a huge, and that's probably the thing, right? It's like the, the, the online. And even when I say technology, like technology, it's not going to directly take customers, but it's more going to be a brand thing. Like it's when I almost think like more perceived value, right? Like it's like the the technology is about being, yeah, it's about perceived value, you know? So it's like, okay, well the technology isn't going to absolutely get this person the result. It's not, has nothing to do with the technology. Like there's so many out there um, and different ones are going to suit different coaches, different needs, all these kind of things. But I think the thing that we will see is that, maybe if you're not using technology, like, and you would see this and we, we kind of know this with social media is, you know, can you afford for somebody to have six clicks before they open the program or, you know, clicking from one exercise to the next and how do they fill in that? All of this stuff, right. Is the stuff that I think is going to, going to go to that next level is, and that's what we see, right. It's, it's as, as we get more t- uh, tech, as technology accelerates further, the this is the stuff that really matters right that's why you know that's how almost social media works but i think 
that's what technology will allow you to do. And it's only going to go further and further. Like think about Apple. I just can, I can already picture it. It's, you know, they're probably going to have this built into the next iPhone. They kind of give you a 14 day trial. It's going to be one click 4k camera in your face, workout, music pumping, Apple watch talking to you. Like, and I can just see, and I'm like, you know, going to the days where I think you can get away with, like you said, it's, it's going to be technology makes things easier, but it also is going to be how you leverage that technology to create the perceived value of premium service, but also how much, how much easier it is for these people to actually, you know, maybe little things like fill in their program, fill in their check-in, you know, what's that process and how do we make that easier using technology? And I think some of the technology that will come out will just be absolutely phenomenal. Like it's, I think we're going to see the start of some really great technology that's only going to get better. Um, you know, we've seen like over the last two, three years, like you said, these companies coming out, allowing you to customize apps using their software. But I think that'll just go to another level. And, you know, if you were previously kind of not going with that and you were kind of trying to, you know, maybe keep it old school, I think, the majority is going to get larger of people that are going to, they're going to almost um, expect that high level of technology. And I think like, you know, that's, I guess that's what I see is the, the, the big change in landscape, you know, not that it's going to be a massive change. It's already, it's already was like that, but I think it's just going to get bigger. Like, you know, that, that it's, it's going to mean, it's going to mean a lot more over the next six to 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. And I'm someone who has sort of stuck with spreadsheets on on Google Sheets for a long time because of the flexibility it allows. But more and more, you've got to think about that client experience where you're right, you know, if it takes them, you know, several clicks and they're waiting for a spreadsheet to load and they've got to scroll down on cells on their mobile phone. Dropbox, I mean, <laughs> Dropbox yeah. spreadsheet, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, your Microsoft 365 account hasn't registered. You've got to go find yeah. the pin. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, exactly. All like all of that's just, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, I think especially if you're a coach who then needs to run a business and like you're, you're coaching 30 to 40 clients online, like you also have to think about how you can streamline that so that, because, you know, if you have a more streamlined experience on your end with your systems too, it means that the stuff that people care a lot about, like response time mm. and like how thorough you are and how well you're sort of uh, looking at their individual performance on an exercise and giving them specific advice on that, all of those like things that again, an app can't really do if you have the right processes and technology in place, it can help facilitate your ability as a coach to do that at scale. And that's a really important thing. Um, you know, like if you think about it, I know coaches who literally charge like four times the amount of somebody else. And the only thing they do differently is that they guarantee a response within two hours of someone asking them a question or sending a check in or whatever, mm. you know, and people are willing to pay that. That means a lot to them. You think about the last time you got a good piece of customer service where I don't know, you, you got the wrong order on something and you know, they fixed it within an hour, you're going, holy shit, that's insane. You know, so I think if you can increase your efficiency and your ability to employ your, your coaching skills by use of processes and technology, then that's really what's giving you the edge rather than the tech itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think like the technology just allows it, right? That's what it allows for. I actually had this conversation today with some of our crew. We talked about like, um, if you're going for that uh, oversubscribed kind of uh, look where it's uh, Scott Galloway calls it appealing to the genitals, but it's kind of like where you're trying to um, create uh, push for status and, you know, um, waiting lists and these kind of things to keep perceived push perceived value up. Um, but he talks about it from a, we, we were talking about it today, sorry. And, and said that, you know, I think one of the OG moves that you could do as an online coach uh, at the moment is hire a customer service manager or something like that. You know, somebody who literally just from the second somebody signed up with you was, you know, like just over absolutely over delivering for the person. So, you know, the second they sign up, you go, Hey, so I want to introduce you to X. They're going to be your, um, your personal um, accounts manager or, or whatever you would say. But, um, and, and, you know, these are the people that are doing that kind of stuff for you. But, you know, when we, when we you know, what you've just said is that maybe technology is, is going to do that for you. Maybe it, 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 you know, cuts that time 
you know, uh, in half or, or even a little bit more, which is exciting for, for business owners. Um, you know, if there is something exciting coming out of, out of the back of this, it's probably going to be something like that. Yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's how businesses really, uh, get big and, and, and get successful. And it allows you as a coach to like do the coaching you know, as opposed to trawling yeah. through spreadsheets and forms and emails and stuff like that, which is the not so fun part of the job. Yeah, exactly. Spend more time doing what you're best at, um, which is, you know, you, uh, 99% of the time it's going to be coaching the, the person in front of you. So what about from a consumer perspective then? What do you think is going to shift in terms of the needs and wants of the consumer? Like in, not, not, not so much directly right now, but, you know, like if we're to look at the, I guess the consequences of, of what people are going through, what do you think is going to change from a consumer's perspective moving forward? Yeah, well, I think, you know, firstly, just where people train might be a little bit different and they're now in an environment where maybe they're, they're training from home or, or closer to home or they're going in and out of lockdowns. I've got a lot of dogs just going insane out there. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of clients in Victoria and so we've seen the, you know, um, onset of it lockdown we're back out again lockdown oh yeah. lockdown's extended like it just i think the mental side of things and being able to to kind of steady the boat and that sort of thing people rely a lot more on a coach for that now whereas mm. in the past it's just like well i don't know what training to do just give me a program sort of thing mm. whereas now and and i certainly see this in my business it's like a lot of the coaching is addressing those other lifestyle factors and the mindset to mm. things uh, and, and that I think obviously people have all sort of realized how important their their structure and their routine and their mental health is, especially mm. being at home quite a lot. And as a coach, that's something that you can provide to clients. You can play that role for them. Um, a lot of the issues that people are facing and the reason why it's their health maybe takes a, a wrong turn or sort of gets a little bit out of control is because they feel that they don't have have control or agency with the result of something like a pandemic or their gyms closing or whatever. And so they feel a little powerless. They feel a little out of control. And what they want is for someone to give them some structure and to mm. give them some control back over their lives. And I think there is a really powerful thing. If you're a coach, you can do that. Then people, you know, are more than happy to, to sort of go to the pocket for a coach who can help them do that. Um, I've certainly experienced personally that like my online business has been going better than ever. Um, just, you know, I know it's a lot of people out there doing it really tough in the industry. So definitely want to acknowledge that, but you know, if you can position yourself as that kind of person, that kind of coach, then I think you can do really well. So from a consumer perspective, I guess the big thing that I think people are after is that trust you know, sort of reassurance and trust and, and stuff mm -hmm. from from someone they can rely on to help give them some structure and and reassure them and that sort of thing 100 percent. i think the trust thing is huge i think it's it's only good and that, that's kind of what i was getting to with the i guess the technology side of it like that doesn't create trust but people are gonna now like you know i reckon over the last three years you've seen people being willing to just spend money on anything, you know, like whatever the next thing on Instagram is, Hey, like chuck it at me. I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Whereas I think we're going to go through some, obviously some economic troubles um, over the next you know, two years, there's going to be backlash. That's how big or small, we don't know, but there will be some type of backlash. And you know, what you might see is people starting to, to maybe put their hands in their pockets a bit and, and maybe not being as willing to spend, which means that the, the, the the trust factor is going to be huge. Like I think that if you can create that trust, create that reputation, um, create that perceived value, I think that's going to put you in good stead for a very long time. And, you know, I said, unfortunately, I think that the back, there's going to be some backlash from this with business owners as well. There's going to be some that do really well out of it. There's going to be some that aren't and it's very, it's unfortunate, but I think, I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. It's trying to give insights, right? I think creating trust, perceived value premium brand trustworthy you know how can you create trust with obviously your clients but how can you create trust with the outside world as well like and how can you communicate um that you are a trustworthy brand and i think that's the that's going to be a challenge i think especially because we're not sure what trustworthy looks like in a year's time but it's 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 going to be really interesting to see but i definitely think trust is a big factor you know in many different ways yeah totally and you know as to, to foster that trust, you have to, 
you have to try and understand what your potential customer is going through and where their mental state is at and, and what they're really looking for. So I, was, I don't know, I guess more than ever, some of those fundamentals that, you know, as, as any business owner, you should be working on is like your, your target market and, and what's a day look like for them and get inside their head and really understand, speak their language, I suppose, and understand exactly what their needs are. And that might have changed from prior to now, you know, um, I certainly know a lot of my clients, they're sort of, even their outlook on life and their, their sort of values have shifted as a result of this whole pandemic. It's been something that's been something of a, like a catharsis for a lot of people. They've suddenly come out of it and gone like, hang on, like, this is not important to me anymore. And I think that this is more important and that is more important. And so your, the way your, your customers are thinking has changed in 2020, mm. uh, no matter who you are. And so just being able to understand that and yeah, then you'll, then you'll understand what they're looking for. You'll understand how to earn their trust uh, and how to give them value, which, you know, at the end of the day is what you need as, as a business owner to really be successful, right? Yeah, there's, I think there's a big opportunity for something like onboarding, right? Like in, and these kind of things, you know, we, you, we use uh, software such as, uh, you know, um, Kajabi, Teachable, Thinkific, all of these like these softwares that were already uh, kind of, you know, available. But I think, you know, um, the ability for you to uh, maybe not even onboarding, but just to communicate effectively through some type of video, you know, it might be like setting somebody up, um, like you said, um, getting them prepared uh, and getting to the nuts and bolts of what they want to achieve, you know, like it's, I think that, you know, that's what the software will allow. We kind of talked about it before, but when you started talking, I'm like, oh, like what will, you know, what could potentially change? How do you, obviously you want to be one-on-one with them. You want to kind of talk to them. You want to, you want to be you know, indulged in, in their experience. But I think the other side of it is, is, you know, is there a potential for, you know, on the back end side of things for you to, to guide them and, and really prepare them and get them to have say some mental focus and clarity towards what they want to achieve through, you know, again, some of these softwares and technologies. What, um, what's changed for you then personally? Like what are some of the things that you've changed within your service um, as, a, as an online coach uh, with your clients and, and kind of some, uh, some of the shifts that you've made through this time and then maybe some of the shifts that you've made personally as well, you know, um, as a business owner? Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, I think I was already on track to be doing a lot of these things and it's just reinforced how important it is uh, on my end. And that's some of the stuff I was talking about before of really getting down to, you know, as deep as I can on what my client is looking for and helping facilitate them to, to tell me, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I suppose it comes back to what you might do with something like inter, uh, motivational interviewing and stuff like that, where what you're trying to do is help them discover what it is that's most important to them and then help them with that essentially. And so, you know, from a, from a sort of tech point of view, I was already doing stuff where I thought like, Hey, if I'm going to go completely online and I went completely online at like the end of 2019, um, if I'm going to be doing that stuff, I still think there needs to be a massive personal touch in there. So there's tons of stuff that's automated, right. As they onboard and mm. like, you know, here's recipes and here's meditations and that's an inner members area and all that sort of stuff. But the personal touch is super important. And so using stuff like videos or voice recordings or things like that to be more personal so that they can see you, they can hear you. It's more tangible because now they're not seeing you once a week in person. Um, mm setting up an environment where they feel comfortable talking about stuff that's not fitness. Like think about a, a regular personal training session, like half of it, I'm just talking shit with my clients about their life and what restaurant did you go to? None of it's and, training. Yeah. Yeah. None of it's training, man. And uh, I think that's really like a lot of them just love that because they get to train a bit for sure, but they, they also get to, to chat to you and have a bit of fun. And so trying to do that online as well and setting the expectation for it is really important. So for me, I've just kind of doubled down on all of that and realized that, hey, that's even more important because now they can't necessarily socialize. They can't go out to restaurants all the time. And so they need that human contact. They need someone that they can talk to, to be a friend uh, and that sort of thing as well. So that's what I mean when I say like a client-centered approach. It's not a case of me, you know, previously, I think 
earlier in my career, it was very much a case of me being like, Hey, I've got all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. I've done all the study. I can cite all this, all the research. Um, and so here's what you got to do. I know what to do. Whereas now it's much more a case of like being focused on them and what they want and how are we going to measure your progress? What's a perfect training week look for you? Like all this sort of stuff. And then still using your knowledge to help facilitate that. But it's much less a case of like, I'm the chief and they're the Indians, so to speak. And it's more a case of like, this is a collaboration. This is a partnership. And that's how we're going to work moving forward. Yeah. How can I, how can we create an experience or a process that gets uh, the best out of you and, and makes this the best possible experience for you and what you're looking for? I think that's our, that's really the art of coaching in a sense, right? Like that's, that's, I think that's what makes a great coach. You know, there's plenty of people with knowledge out there, but you know, trust, like we talked about it before trust. If you don't trust somebody, you're probably not going to do what they say. Um, but you know, the other side of it is, is how do you create that trust? And especially in the online, uh, the online space, like when somebody purchases from you, like you, you potentially got what one or two, maybe if you're lucky two kind of, um, I guess, face-to-face conversations directly. Um, so it's like, it's, I think that, that, that initial process and, and, you know, that client centered, um, uh, or the, the client centered, um, mindset around coaching, obviously is just going to be, it's, it's, it was already super important, but it's probably just been amplified by the current environment, the trust thing that we talked about, you know, there's going to be a lot of distrust out there, you know, people coming back in, um, to, to fitness, you know, maybe from their, their current scenario, economic downturn, you know, there's going to be a lot there where they, people are probably going to be a little bit less trigger happy when it comes to, to kind of um, coaching and, and fitness. Um, but I definitely think that the, the client centered approach and however you do that is, is going to be really authentic to you. You know, like I, I love that you said meditations and these kind of things before, cause that's, if I was, you know, if I was still coaching, fitness and and i do this with you know some of our business coaching clients you know we we give meditations i think i've recommended sam harris and a few other apps in and get people into they put this into their routines and stuff but i think that that personal touch and and uh you know um building that out and and kind of it becomes authentic to you in a way you know like and and i think that's what people appreciate more than anything and that's what that's what leads to results you know if you trust that person whether that's trust that's been created prior to this you know the, the purchase or or you know it's happened after i think it goes a long way yeah yeah and i mean i think you're right like before there was still i think the top you know five percent of coaches or ten percent of coaches were sort of doing this already but i think it's now gotten to a point where this is now if you want to have a successful online business uh, or hybrid business then you have to be more focused on this stuff now. It's not a case of like, yeah, you can get by with just flogging people in sessions and sending them on their way. It's now even more a case of like, that's not going to fly because people just don't see the value in that anymore. You know, it's got to be more than that. Yeah, 100%. All right, Luke, I want to say a big thanks for coming on the podcast. Um, Luke is a uh, a really successful educator uh, and a really... uh, a really successful online coach in the fitness industry, someone who I've had the pleasure to work with now for a a long time. Um, and he still amazes me with just how, um, process orientated. I keep bringing that up, but I think it it has a lot of merit, but, um, he's obviously got a a extreme amount of knowledge and and he's a really great person. So Luki, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? And and if there's anything that you want to, that you want to kind of mention that you might have coming up or anything like that, then, let everyone know where they can find you um, if they haven't already been following you. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. It's been nice to work together over the last like many years now. It's pretty it's insane to think about. Yeah. Um, everything's at luketalek.com. So that's pretty much where I do all my stuff. Uh, my biggest like social media thing is Instagram. So that's underscore Luke Talek, And that's pretty much it, man. The last time we spoke, you said uh, that you wanted to be, so it's one thing that I did notice is that on your Instagram, you said you wanted to, to have the, you wanted to be the, the, the account that people were looking forward to that one post or that two posts. And tell you what, man, you've been doing some killer posts. Uh, I'm loving the, uh, <laughs> Thanks, dude. the effort that's going into them. And um, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think I went from that, like just spamming as much as I can and seeing how much like traction you can get from that to like, yeah, people want to see, 
they want to hang out for it. They want to anticipate it and see real value from it. So I, I, don't, I think it's one of those things that, you know, all of the stuff we've spoken about today, I don't claim to be an expert in. It's something that I'm working mm-hmm. hard on all the time. And so, uh, yeah, it's just providing that value for people and the trust, always looking for that. So, yeah, it's working out all right. Loving it. It's good. Um, I, I enjoy the posts. There are, it's the, it's, for me, it's the, uh, the effort that goes into the swipes and the photos and how you articulate mm. it through the visual. I, I really enjoy it. Awesome, man. It's good to hear. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. I really think that one of the toughest things you can experience in life is being publicly wrong uh, and being, I guess, shamed for being publicly wrong. Uh, I also think it's one of, it's probably one of the greatest unlocks into uh, reaching your human potential possible as a as an individual. I, um, you know, I think a lot of the time we can we can get. Uh, paralysis and from fear of making mistakes and fear of being wrong and obviously the reason is is because of status right if I'm wrong you know what would this person say about me will I be you know maybe will will they still see me as an expert will they you know will they um, will they still follow me you know will I will they still be my client will I you know will I lose clients will I will I you know will this take my career back two years and a lot of the time, all of this stuff is just simply not true. I really think that um, being wrong and, and making mistakes and uh, putting yourself in a position where you're extremely vulnerable to both of what I just talked about is easily one of the biggest unlocks, um, as I said, to, to growing, uh, to reaching your potential and to inevitably actually achieving the thing that you're so scared is not going to happen, you know, to be re- revered as an expert. If you actually look at what an expert is, I think obviously apart from their knowledge, one of the things that they all have in common is they, they talk publicly. They're not afraid to put themselves out there, whether it's writing articles, YouTube channels, Facebook posts, uh, Instagram videos, public speaking, you know, they, they really put themselves in these vulnerable situations and that's honestly where they get the best out of themselves. But I also think that there's there really is merit to, to, to putting yourself out there and even being wrong. Like, you know, a lot of the time you learn the most when you're in the wrong or when you're wrong, you know, when you haven't got something right and somebody corrects you or maybe you did make a mistake, maybe you said the wrong thing up on stage, maybe you said the wrong thing in your video, maybe somebody causes conflict and actually reaches out but I think we often time to we often a lot of the time try to uh, neglect those things and uh, um, and and obviously um, work our way around them so we never actually have to experience that that anxious feeling um, of being wrong and a lot of the time that's actually the thing that's holding us back I really think that and, and I've got a few kind of examples here you know initially I used to be, you know, I used to be a PT. I used to have a PT business where other PTs would come in and they'd be a part of my business as coaches and and that was what we did. We delivered um, coaching and, you know, it was, it was a successful business. Like, you know, it wasn't that it was going badly, but I had an opportunity. I also had a, a extreme passion and love for business. Uh, for some reason, it was lighting my fire more than anything else at the time. And I had a really big decision to make where I could either go with what I know, continue down the path that I was going and, and you know, I would still have success. Uh, it would be much easier for me. I was already in it or I would have to completely shift what I was going to do uh, and really go uh, a deep on business and make that my new my new uh, journey of self-actualization and growth. And as I said, it was the unknown that scared me the most, but it was also the unknown that probably brought the breast out of me, the, the, the breast out of me, the best out of me. And making that decision, I look back in hindsight, was the best decision that I ever made. And the lesson is, is that I made that decision no matter what. And at the time, I wasn't thinking this way, I can guarantee you, but I look back now and I go, you know what? I made mistakes along the way. You know, there's been times where I've been challenged by people who are in the industry and 
I've been wrong, you know, I've been caught out, uh, you know, with, with something that I said wrong. And I really think that reaching your potential as a human is not about not making mistakes. It's about being in the arena. It truly is about being in the arena and being willing to make mistakes because that's where you learn the most. That's where the le- you learn the most about yourself. That's where you put what you know to the test. And at the end of the day, people don't remember. Like, you know, I can't remember what I ate last week, let alone something that happened two years ago. Uh, and you can move past this and you can always come back better from these things. And I just think that a lot of people get held back um, from reaching their potential because of that paralysis, because of the fact that they, they don't want to put themselves in positions where they could be wrong or they could get embarrassed. But that really is what being in the arena is all about. It's about being in the arena, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to be vulnerable because that's where you get the best out of yourself and that's where you learn the most. And I have a quote that I say, um, uh, you know, I don't want to be the person who only makes four mistakes a year. I want to make 52 because I know that if I'm making 52, first of all, they're not going to be huge. Uh, and second of all, um, I'm going to learn so much more. So, this week on in in the arena, um, I want to push you guys to actually get in the arena. Uh, if something, if you haven't gone to something that you believe is going to fulfill you the most, but you think is a massive opportunity because you're scared of being wrong, you're scared you're not ready. You know whether that's building a course, whether that's public speaking, whether that's you know going that extra yard on your social media, whether that's going the extra yard with your clients um, and putting yourself out there. Do it because it will be the best thing that you ever did, whether it goes really well or it doesn't. You're either going to learn a lot or you're going to absolutely grasp and take an opportunity and take control of your life and your business. Really hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. I'll see you next week. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to share us, share the episode with your friends and family and Feel free to leave us a review as well. Uh, you know, we all the support that we get for the for the show, and especially now that we've revamped it, uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value. It's definitely appreciated. And if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week, you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business, or you just want some help creating some winning strategy, you can shoot me an email at Kyle at EliteVitalityCoaching.com. But I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay safe, stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.